Hello and welcome to our very first episode of Shakti Stories. I'm your host, Angela Carrick, and today we have with us Mahan Khalsa. Mahan is just so cool. She's a down-to-earth, reach-for-the-skies kind of gal. She's wildly spirited. She's spent over a decade of her life following the impulses of her heart, and this has taken her around the world to various cultures, traditions, and healing paths. She gave birth in India over a decade ago, and she's facilitated over 3,000 yoga classes. Her experiences have taught her the value of slowing down, tuning in, and staying true to her deepest calling. As a mother, yogi, and empowered woman, she continues to cultivate her gifts through both work and play, and gives so much to the world from this place. I think you have a lot of experience. You know, you've given birth, you have your life coaching, you've done a lot of kundalini yoga and teaching in that area. So let's just kick it off and dive right in. Mm. For you, what is Shakti? Mm, Shakti. Shakti is the primal power, the creative force, the divine feminine energy that exists in all living things in the universe. Shakti is vitality and empowerment. Shakti is that which gives birth to all of creation. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And I guess I'm curious, um, in your own experience, in your journey with Shakti, when did you first really feel that, that you would call Shakti? Mm. Wow. Mm. Well, I've been on the yogic path for about almost 20 years. And uh, I feel like the concept of Shakti maybe was lingering around, but to really experience the full embodiment, it's hard for me to say. Right. (laughs) When was that? Yeah. (laughs) Still Uh, on that journey. Yeah, there's moments, you know, um, when I feel... uh, you mentioned giving birth, for example. Obviously, as a woman, becoming a mother is the full embodiment of Shakti, having a child growing inside of you. But I can also see Shakti in terms of when we have these visions and dreams and aspirations, and then we put our full power into taking action to manifest that. And so it doesn't have to be the birth of a child. It can be the birth of a new business. It can be the birth of art. It can be the birth of creatively designing your space. Mm. So there's many um, embodiments and expressions of Shakti throughout our lives um, and so just tuning into that primal power, that infinite wisdom that lives within us and giving ourselves permission actually to allow Shakti to express. Wow. That primal power. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll just take a deep inhalation of the yeah. primal power. <sighs> wow. That's good. So I'm curious, um, we talked about sort of when you maybe first accessed it and things like that. How is Shakti running through your life today? How is it alive for you in your world today? Well, I definitely feel the most um, healthy, happy embodiment of myself that I've ever felt in my life. Wow. Um, I 
can imagine myself as the divine mother caring for all beings in the capacity that I can in any given moment. Uh, I have a child of my own, as you mentioned, who's now 14, almost 14, so she's also a girl. Um, so just seeing how I can bring that feminine, nurturing, yet powerful, almost like mama bear. For mm. me, we all have our own embodiment of it, but I'm very much like a mama bear. Right. And so whether that's bringing that loving energy to my child or to my clients, or even the other day, I, I went out late at night to take out the trash and I heard I heard something. And I so I looked underneath a vehicle and I could see um, a gentleman who was homeless mm. Just resting. He said, I won't be here long, ma'am. I just need to dry my shoes. And I said, Well, do you eat salmon? Uh. <laughs> I have some salmon dinner yeah. left in the house. And so I said, Please don't go. Oh. So I ran inside and, uh, you know, I just, I made that, that I made up some warm miso soup for him and put together a little package. And, mm. and, uh, when I came out, he was there waiting for me and he was a native guy and he was braiding his hair. And I said, What's your name? Mm. And he said, Angel. Oh, wow. That for me is like a goosebump moment, right? Yeah. Because it's like there you can be of service in whatever small means you can be. Yeah. And the universe blesses you with an angel. Wow. You know? <laughs> I love that. Oh. So I feel Shakti lives through me in those ways, whether mm-hmm. I'm needing to nurture, sometimes even myself, I yeah. need to mother myself. I need to give that loving presence to myself. And so it comes alive in many, many ways. Wow. That's so beautiful. I love that, you know, that message in the story that you're giving and you're like, wait a second, let me just see if I have something to give. Mm. And in that there's that deeper receiving. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely was fulfilled. I was smiling from ear to ear. Like I just (laughs) fed an angel in body form. (laughs) And then the gift is, you know, it's a gift back again. Totally. Oh, I it's love a blessing. That. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you something. Um, you know, it's it's sort of about Shakti, but I'm tuning in here to desire. Mm. So what are your deepest desires as a woman? Mm. Hmm. Well, <laughs> first of all, just being embodied. Yeah. So really feeling in my body and... I find physical activity really helps me, Mm. not only a yoga practice, but just physical fitness in some way. So really being in my body and honoring the needs of my body, that's one of my greatest desires. Wow. Beautiful. Because this body in this world, it's our gift. It's the vehicle which carries us through this. And so to be comfortable in body, to be pleasured in body, to be empowered in body, healthy, Mm. vital, energetic. Uh, that's one of my desires. Mm. Another one of my desires is, um, to have fulfillment, mm. but as a woman, the, um, Oh, as a woman, the uh, well is deep. <laughs> There's a deep well as my Rumble stomach girls. Yeah. It's like, I'm hungry. <laughs> Am I hungry for food? Am I hungry for connection? Am I hungry for, mm. you know, spiritual wisdom? Yeah. So the fulfillment of all of these bodies, be it physical, mm. emotional, mental, or spiritual mm. fulfillment. Mm. And truly one of my deepest desires at this time is just to give my child the absolute best 
mm. experience to love her and nurture her and mm. and to not be triggered by her when she's <laughs> upset <laughs> and to work on my own self in that way you yeah. know when she's triggered it triggers me and so to really look at how can I nurture those aspects of myself so that I can be the best mom for her right and those desires are always changing yeah Right now I'm in a new relationship, so I'm really asking myself, is this, do I have a desire to become, you know, someone's life partner and have a garden and land and yurts and all these things that he offers to me? Or do you just want to be this free-flowing Shakti goddess that just rips around the universe? You know? <laughs> nice. So desire is always changing, but yeah, definitely to uh, have fulfillment, to mm. watch my child grow through the high school years and um to just love myself as best as I can mm, wow you said that so well <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask you is there anything you're still yearning for but I think you've really addressed a lot of that mm. sounds like there there are still some yearnings and yet they're also sort of there's a playfulness with it all yeah I think there's you know through um experience we learn that patience pays mm-hmm and that that which really is good for us will always come to us. Yeah. And so learning to navigate through life with faith and trust yeah. and ease and grace. Mm. And to, you know, when we're really tuned into our own self, into our physical body, it's like the physical body is that which exists in the present moment. Yeah. That part of us that is actually here. Yeah. So... <laughs> To be here now, it sounds so cliche, but to be here now in the body, it's like there's a lot of signals and signs that are directing us to that which is really fulfilling. Yes. Fulfilling our desires, even if we don't know what they are. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) And to be curious like a child, right? (laughs) Well, speaking of the body and these desires like a child, how do you indulge your senses? Mm. I love chocolate. Nice. (laughs) Classic. Mm, Yes. I love Epsom salt baths with essential oil. Mm. I love being intimate with someone who's conscious and tuned Mm. in so that we can really ride the breath and the subtleties. Yeah. Being in nature. Yeah. You know, allowing the sights, the smells, the textures, the moisture in the grass or the dew on the leaf. All of these types of things are very, um, yeah, fulfilling in that way. Mm, yes. I love sensual pleasure. I have a Taurus uh, moon, which means I really love like soft, cozy blankets, and <laughs> cuddling by a fire, and oh, nice. anything that really allows me to experience my body. I mm. also love being hugged really tightly mm. because I feel like often we're out of body yeah. and we're so, especially as women, we're so expansive. We exist mm. in many dimensions at once. Yeah. And so to have someone hold me tightly where I realize, oh, my body is so tiny. Because <laughs> oh, I generally feel so large, mm-hmm. so vast. Yes. And so to be really held tightly, almost like a, when you wrap a baby mm. in, in a blanket, it's yes. like so that they can feel the physicality of their body. Yeah. Because they also exist in that vast, full spectrum. Right. Consciousness. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like you're really quite good at expressing your sensuality and embracing and honoring your sensuality. Yeah. I was out with a couple girlfriends the other night and a woman who's, um, who used to be a yoga student of mine, maybe five years ago, 
she just came back from LA and um, we were dancing and laughing and we were being absolutely ridiculously silly. (laughs) And she later commented on um, witnessing how embodied I was and, you know, dancing. I was being very sensual and with my girlfriends being very sensual. And and, um, she really appreciated that because she suffered a lot of uh, sexual abuse and Mm -hmm. trauma. And so for her, you know, she's doing the work, but often she's being out of her body. So Mm. to witness someone that she knows and trusts and in to be so in the body gave her permission. And so she was really, um, so yeah, imagine my whole life mission is just to be so embodied that it gives you permission to be embodied (laughs) and enjoying so much physical pleasure that it gives you permission, whether it's a cuddly blanket, a kiss on the cheek or four chocolate bars. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I love it. Are there any ways that you restrict your sensuality? Hmm. Well, I'm not into weird, kinky things. Yeah. And not that weird, kinky <laughs> is a bad thing, but I yeah. am a little bit... Um, I do like exploration, but I'm not into kind of... Well, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, no, yes, no. I mean, I don't even know what's out there. I think that I'm, you know, freaky, yeah. but um, I think I'm also very conservative. But that's, again, like finding our boundaries. Yes. So when I'm safe with someone, whether it be a girlfriend just playing and cuddling together or be an intimate partner, yeah. Um, but giving myself full freedom and permission to explore where those boundaries are. Yes. I think we spoke about boundaries before, you know, there's a no and there's a maybe Mm -hmm. or there's a negotiation. Yeah. Like, no, I'm not comfortable with this, but I would like this. Yeah. And that's where the authentic communication, authentic connections can really happen when we're willing to speak up. Definitely. It's like, oh, I'm maybe even curious about this. I'd like to try it. But as long as it doesn't go into that or that. Right. Yeah. And if I get, if I start to try it with you and then I don't really like it, I'm allowed to say no. And you're going to listen. Yes. And that's where play can happen. Yeah. Because then there's an agreement like, okay, we're going to play and be curious, like two small, innocent, two, two innocent beings, right? Yeah. But that we know as soon as we say no or a special word, mine is always stardust. Yeah. It's my special word. As soon as we say that, then okay. Yeah. We're just going to take a pause and yeah. just check back in, reconnect with our body, reconnect with our breath. Yes. Slow it down and really find your own autonomy, it sounds like too. Yeah. Tuning back into you. Absolutely. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So how does your relationship with sensuality affect your sexuality? Oh, interesting. Um, Well, I feel like I've always been a sensual person, especially as I said with my astrology. I am a very sensual person. I think that um, for a long time I thought that I didn't even really know what sensuality was. Mm. I think that I um, only really saw sex as the way maybe I was raised on, you know, when I saw it on TV or I didn't really have an experience. And so this, that was the beauty for me with the practice of yoga was really getting in touch with my own physical body and getting back into my body. So I could then understand the difference between being sensual Mm -hmm. and being sexual. I can be sensual with my girlfriends. I can be sensual with my child. Like Mm. I can stroke her hair and rub her neck in a very loving, nurturing way. And that can be very sensual. Yeah. Um, 
but it doesn't have to become sexual. Yeah. So then learning how to be sensual with myself and receiving and sharing that sensuality, it takes a sexual experience to a whole other level. Mm. Like sex as we knew it as teenagers and sex as we know it as sensual Shakti beings. It's like, wow. Very different. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yes. So for all beings in all lifetimes, let us practice being sensual. I love that. Mm-hmm. Wow. I know I just feel <laughs> sensual saying it. Mm. <laughs> yes. It's, you know, it's amazing because when I speak to different friends or when I hear different stories from clients and things like that, I realize, wow, this is still intimacy is still, mm. there's a big um, gap. Like, yeah, again, just like people having that sex experience and maybe even having orgasm or actually being fully in the body and fully present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just seems that it's, you know, it, it, the first one you can, you know, you can gain a lot of joy and a lot of bliss and, and connection. But it's not, not everyone is practicing the way that, that I feel brings the most connection and really, you know, engages the spirit and the heart mm-hmm. and the soul. Totally. I listened to a Ted talk recently. Um, I think it was called mindful sex. Mm. Can't remember the woman's name. I just watched it. Yeah. Uh, and she was saying, you know, the difference between sex and mindful sex is that there's no destination. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes we're taught, like we're trying to get to the orgasm. We're trying yeah. to get it in or, you know, we're trying to get somewhere. And so yeah. there's all this pressure, there's performance anxiety it's quick it's fast it's like come on let's get it done yeah whereas with mindful sex you can slow down Mm -hmm. and relax yeah like how pleasurable it is just to relax with your beloved Mm -hmm. and to ride those waves and so Mm -hmm. whether there's like interaction happening or there's just cuddling and and breath I mean this is a very different experience and there is no final goal like there is we're not trying to get somewhere we're just enjoying and they say even like a woman needs two to three hours mm. so to set aside two wow. to three hours wow and that could just be like tickling your back yeah I love having my back tickled my mother always tickled my back wow and I was so my cousins and I we used to set the alarm for an hour at a time when we wow. were young and we'd be <laughs> in bed we'd be in bed and it was like okay you're gonna tickle my back for an hour wow and we just talk and giggle you yeah. know and then the alarm would finally go off six long minutes later and then I would tickle her back and so we we definitely enjoyed and if you think back to the things that you enjoyed as a child we enjoyed those wow that's amazing that you had that like you know focused totally you were always tantric guys so now I I remember actually being in high school and and thinking to myself and I was not evolved in any way shape or form so I, I, I would get frustrated because in my mind, it was like, if my arm is close to you, you should tickle it. Then <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'd have to tell my man friends, like, okay, if my arm, if my back is close to you, you have to tickle it. So now when I find someone that, you know, when I'm with someone intimately that knows yeah. how to like touch me and tickle me and just be, you know, finding those erogenous zones and yeah. just really tuning in. It's, it's so pleasurable right? and sweet yes. and innocent and just divine. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I'm curious too, for people wondering how much teaching does this involve? Is this something that you should expect with a partner? Is it something that you may need to really kind of, you know, communicate around a lot? Oh, I think we definitely need to open those lines of communication. Yeah. Um, the best way to experience it is to explore it. And I think it's really important to find a partner. So sometimes we make choices out of desperation. Yeah. Right. Or habits. Yeah. We know the, the, you know, woman or man who's like, as soon as he breaks up, she, she, she finds someone else. Right. Yeah. Um, and so we have these habits and tendencies, but I think as you maybe starting with your own practice, whether it could be yoga, for example, or yeah. giving yourself what, what actually feels good for me, maybe it's having a bath mm. and starting to tune into that. And then giving yourself permission to have that conversation yeah. with a partner, um, to find a partner who actually is willing to have that conversation with you. Right. And to be in the curiosity, like we're both beginners, but mm. this is what this, this allows me to feel really sensual or I really like when I'm touched like this, would you be willing to touch me like this? Yeah. So that means tickling your own arm yeah. or finding, you know, finding those areas for you that are sensitive or the things that you like, the soft pillows or the rose petals or whatever little, yeah. it, it's like full spectrum. There's yeah. no right or wrong. Yeah. And so tuning in first to yourself, giving yourself permission to be exploring in that way and then to find someone who's willing to have that play with you. Mm, that's so great. It's amazing. Such, I feel that you're really bringing such a powerful message here. Mm. You know, because again, for, for some people, it's it's still very new to think of even the what do I need is is, is kind of like a, a big step to even know what you need. Yeah, or even ask yourself the question. Yeah. So ask yourself the question and when you come up blank because your <laughs> critter brain nervous system is like, I can't deal with this. I don't know what I mean. <laughs> right. Just be okay with that. Yeah. I recently uh, was listening. I've been listening a lot actually to TED Talks and things like that. Um, yeah. And I recently heard that oftentimes young women, millennias, uh, there was a survey done for the last three years, 13 to 18 years old. And oftentimes girls will... Um, so, so these days, and I think even before we view, um, losing our virginity through intercourse. Mm. So there's the full spectrum of play, yeah, right. All of the sexual play and sensual play that we can have, which we, if we don't have full on intercourse, we think that we're still virgins, right? That's questionable. Yeah. That's a curious place to become, you know, open to a conversation. Yeah. Uh, the woman found that oftentimes girls will give in to the pressure of guys. I did it all throughout high school in my 20s, even probably my 30s, mm-hmm. um, just to get it over with. Mm, yes. And so I think it's important to even have this conversation that yeah. if you don't want to do something, if you're not comfortable to do something, if you're not in the mood to do something, yeah. that you are allowed to give yourself permission to say no. No. I talked to someone close to me recently um, and actually two very, very close people in my life just this past week that both admitted that their partners like to drink Mm. and then become somewhat not physically abusive, but verbally abusive and then turn around and get angry when these two women very close to me don't want to have sex with them. Wow. And this is a problem. This has been going on forever. Wow. Right? I know my grandma endured this. I'm sure my mother endured this. Yeah. Lots of women in my life. And so I think it's really, really important. Shakti makes no excuse Mm -hmm. and does not apologize 
for her true nature. Right. (laughs) In fact, Shiva, if we want to look at the masculine aspect of that, Shiva, the man, is meant to be the riverbank, to hold space. So if Shakti, just to hold Shakti, to nurture Shakti, to let her know that she's safely contained within that vast space. Yes. She is the mother. She is the queen. She is the power. She is the giver of life. And if she doesn't want it, she should never have to do it. Definitely. Ever. Yes. I so agree with you. (laughs) So (laughs) agree. (laughs) (laughs) And really these, you know, these sort of toxic patterns that you're speaking to, they, they start there with the the inner dialogue, Mm -hmm. you know, if we can recognize what's going on in our inner dialogue, because to, to really just go along with an experience. And I also heard of some research where several men were asked, like, how often do you have sex with your partner knowing she's not into it? Mm -hmm. And like, you know, they said like 85% said yes. And so, you know, this is huge. And this comes back to the boundaries piece. Um, because it's like, you may need to set boundaries in order to really honor your feminine radiance and to embody, as you're saying, your full Shakti. Absolutely. Boundaries are inevitable. Yes. And the lack of communication around sensuality and sexuality and healthy, healthy intimacy. Yeah. So for a man to actually be okay, being intimate with his woman who's actually not there. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's going on? What's with the boundary there? Right. You know, because on his part, it's... Yeah, there, there's intrusion and it's like, okay, what's going on where you're not recognizing that you're, you're, you know, invading another person's kind of sense of safety mm-hmm. even. And this mm-hmm. is happening at such a deep level. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, when you look at TV and things like that, where we just see, oh, you know, all the joking on the popular TV shows about like, you know, having a quick 20 minute experience and things like that. And it's like, it really gives so many women, I think subconsciously this message that like, Oh, maybe I'm, I'm not normal. Cause I, I feel like I need more time or mm-hmm. when they're starting to explain that to their partner and their partner might even compare and say, Oh, I've never had this before, you know, and then they're right. going to doubt their, right. what they know to be their truth. Right. And when we're not empowered in that way to first of all, even know what we need, know what we want to speak our truth. I mean, there's so many layers Yes, to love ourselves enough to say, no, I don't want to do this. This isn't working for me right now. Definitely. And if you actually love and respect me, then you're going to understand that I need a lot more. It's interesting, right? Just hearing you say all of that reminds me of how often we think a relationship is sex. Yeah, (laughs) totally. It's like one component. And when we're unhealthy in communication, when we're unhealthy in self-care, when we're unhealthy in honoring and respecting one another, how can we have healthy sex? Yeah. Well, I always think of in counseling how you know, when we have people coming in and they might say, yeah, the issue is like, yeah, we haven't had sex in a long time is maybe Mm. what they're, at least that's what they're trying to get to. Sometimes even it takes a while to get to what they think the issue is. Mm. But even when you find out what they think the issue is, of course, you know, well, this isn't about an act. Yeah. This is about, um, you know, cause that's that we're talking there about behavior, but actually it's like, it's, it can be so deep. It can be such a deep fear of really being intimate with another person. Mm-hmm. Or if you are intimate and you truly do stay as, you know, as connected as is possible, 
you can actually live with this real fear of, you know, losing the other person Mm -hmm. or rejection. There's so many layers Mm -hmm. underneath, you know, what, what people think is the problem a Mm -hmm. lot of the time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think you touched on it too. It's like connectivity. Yeah. If we can look at connectivity in terms of how am I connecting with myself? Yeah. Because the more connected I am with myself, the more clear I'm able to be. So the more connection I'll be able to have with you based Mm -hmm. on those healthy boundaries, because we're clearly communicating. It all comes back to connection. Yeah. So I'm just curious in, in the last question to wrap up this section anyways, how do you know, you know, some people might be wondering, how do I know if I'm in the body, if I'm really connecting? I mean, people Mm. might and maybe there's various shades of this, Mm. but for some people they might be going, yeah, you know, when they hear the word embodied, they might be like, I don't know if I'm doing that. Right. So, cause my body's here and I'm sitting in it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) How can I not be in my body? It's right here. (laughs) Yeah. Or if they start into the meditation, they might take that as, am I supposed to not think, you know, am Mm. I supposed to be like stopping my mind and right, which is never going to happen. Yeah. I always, um, I like to think about, oh, I don't like to think about this. this. This is how I explain it. It feels like oftentimes we're a bunch of heads walking around. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a bunch of heads just wandering around. And generally you'll see people's head can be like in front of them. Yeah. Like the forehead is pressing forward and their head is walking and their body's kind of being dragged along. Right. So if you're having a sexual experience, let's use that just because we, it's yeah. easy to think about. Yeah. And you're thinking, how do I look? Um, mm-hmm. you know, how, how does this, how am I supposed to sound? Oh, is my hair in my face? Oh, can you see this? Um, you know, uh, what do you call that? Like a roll. roll. <laughs> like I was a like, what do you call that? Can you yeah. see my muffin top? <laughs> how does my bum look? If you're having these thoughts, you're not in your body, right? You're in your head. Yeah. So if you are driving in your car and you get somewhere and you realize, oh my goodness, I don't even realize how I got here. You weren't in your body. Right. right? And I think most people can relate to that. <laughs> exactly. Um, so the, the, the thing about, you know, even just meditating, right? Of yeah. course, your head is still thinking. So maybe it's just for a moment tuning in, like, can I find my big toe? Can I find my heel mm. when you're, when you're, you know, and just like t- tuning into your body parts to see if you can even locate them. Yeah. Remember the first time you did yoga and they're like, find your sit bones. And first of all, you're like, what are sit bones and where are they? (laughs) And so tuning in, having some sort of mindfulness practice where you take a few minutes every day to just breathe, whatever breath is natural for you and just start to locate your body parts. Yeah. Oh, the tip of my nose. Okay. Let's imagine where's the tip of my nose and the crown of my head. Mm. And then when you're having a sexual experience or a sensual experience, maybe breathing into your genitals. Yes. Breathing into your belly, really feeling your belly expand and noticing, oh, wait, here I am thinking about the experience again. Let me take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. You can't take a deep breath and be thinking at the same time. Mm. So when in doubt. (sighs) (sighs) And just notice what that feels like. Look at the joy that just came out of that breath for you. Yes. And shaking a little bit, just yeah. letting the breath release anything that you're holding on to, using the breath, using ah, using a bit of sound, using a bit of shaking and movement yeah. to get you into the body so you see what that feels like. That's so good. Yeah, I love that. I think that's going to, I think a lot of people are going to benefit from, it seems so simple, and yet it's 
it's calming the nervous system. It's bringing you back to the present moment. Um, it can often feel opposite from what people think they need to be doing because work environments can often, if you don't look stressed, you're not working hard enough. Right. right? Those kind of messages. Totally. And so I think it's so powerful to, to remind people that no matter where you are, you can be on the bus, you can be in work and just taking that time to check in Mm -hmm. different parts of the body, noticing where the breath is, if Mm -hmm. it's tight and constricted or if it's lower and fuller and to give people those simple tools. Yeah, and just checking powerful. in, like, how do I feel right now? Yeah. And if you don't know, that's okay. But yeah. the first step is giving yourself permission to ask, mm-hmm. how am I feeling right now? Yeah. Where am I? Can you locate yourself? Mm-hmm. The last technique I want to give is to bring your all of your fingers together with your thumb and just placing them on your heart. So it's almost like you're just, yeah, like pinching the fingers together and on the heart and just tapping on the heart space for a moment, Mm. taking a few breaths. (sighs) Just tapping on the heart, hearing and feeling that breath. (sighs) The last time, inhale deeply. resting the left hand on the heart right hand over left pressing the hands into the chest feeling the heart that's always been beating for you and just knowing that exactly where you are is exactly where you need to be and that you can use this breath to increase self-awareness to anchor in and to become more present to the gifts magnificence and the beauty that you are Mm -hmm. so that you can navigate this journey for more pleasure more play Mm -hmm. more fulfillment Mm -hmm. more desire What a beautiful reminder of mm. just how to, yeah, how to bring yourself in body. Mm. And I just, yeah, you've just got so much to share. <laughs> I just, you know. The beauty is that it doesn't have to take long, right? Yeah. We took a couple of breaths together and already we feel sparkly eyed. Yes. And yes, we have the practice. Yeah. And we all start it yeah. where we start it. So just start. I love that. Start today. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to ask you one last question. It's kind of, it doesn't have to relate to the theme of Shakti. It can. But if there's like one to three books that you recommend or that you, you know, find have really greatly influenced your life. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, I really love Gary Zukav, Seed of the Soul. He's got a, he's got a number of great books. Right. Um, Gabby Bernstein, amazing, takes the tools of Kundalini Yoga, which I'm so passionate about, mm. and puts them into 40-day practices. I mm. love her 40-day, I think 40 Days to Miracles or something like that, Gabby yeah. Bernstein. And uh, Red, Hot, and Holy. Mm. Can't remember who's the author, but uh, mm. it's in my bookshelf, and I remember reading it getting turned on. <laughs> like, wow, the red goddess had arrived. <laughs> Some nature like that. So yeah, Gary Zukov, Gabby Bernstein, and just check out um, Red, Hot, and Holy. Just find it online. Love it. Yay! Yay! Well, thank you so much for coming, Mahan. You're welcome. Satnam. Satnam. Thank you. I had a blast with Mahan Kalsa. She is such a ray of light. We just got to love her. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shakti Stories. 
where we are empowering feminine bliss.